Hey everybody, welcome to Quotes and Stuff with the Kennedy Bros, the podcast where three brothers talk about movies, comics, pop culture, and stuff while adding our own quoting flair. This is your host, Nate. This is TJ. And I'm Christian. Before we go any further, there are time codes in the description if you want to jump around to different parts of our episode. But if you're just tuning in for the first time, our episode this week is going to go as follows. We're going to start off with our opening question that's related to our topic, followed by our quote for this episode. Then we're going to go into talking about the new for this week wait, wait, we got to reveal we got to reveal our quote from last week and reveal yeah, yes that's part of it. <laughs> i guess it's it's assumed now sorry mm-hmm. but then we're going to move into the the news for this week followed by talking about hawkeye episodes two and three and then finishing it off with our topic but christian you want to start us off with our opening question yeah let's do it first i want to give a shout out to nate our uh, our producer for always remembering the the uh <laughs> Time codes. We've been doing a pretty good job at that. So We're really nice job, good Nate. on the time codes. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if Nate's are not Nate's not over there. Our producer. I just make up new titles uh, <laughs> every time we're on here, uh, just to keep it fresh. But uh, yes, question of the week. So we're getting into the holiday season now, with it being December. So the question of this week is: What are you looking forward to this Christmas season or Hanukkah season? If you celebrate Hanukkah. But we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TJ, you start um, us off. Yeah, I can do. There's um, uh, so one of my favorite things that I, I we did growing up is uh, all of us did choir. Someone was always in choir in our family, so we'd always go to the Christmas choir concerts and or something like that, and they'd just be singing a bunch of different songs. And I really liked those. Like you, you know, it's a bunch of high schoolers or middle schoolers, so it wasn't like necessarily the greatest quality. Oh but no, like no, for a little. It, it was the greatest quality. <laughs> it, it, uh, going to Christians, especially. <laughs> no. A little cheesy. Um, it was funny stuff. Yeah, really funny stuff, actually. Uh, I, so I really enjoyed them, uh, going to those and just kind of being there uh, with the Christmas cheer. And so uh, one of the things I'm doing, there's apparently going to be this like candlelight, like choir concert thing that's happening. Uh, and so I'm going to just go there and kind of just sit there enjoy the ambiance the choir singing par- you're not participating you're not you're not singing I, you're just gonna go to enjoy yeah ever 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 since the injury you know it just it hasn't been the same <laughs> you would have gone pro uh, no, no i won't doubt. be participating if you, if though i do sp- like singing christmas songs as well um yeah so i'll be going to that so i'm excited for that just to get because night and christmas music and choir feels all the feels. So I'm excited. Okay. I like that. Yeah. He would have gone pro folks. If he hadn't sprained <laughs> his, his, uh, his vocal cords, he would have gone pro. <laughs> if I didn't, if I didn't sprain my VCL in my neck, I would have gone, I would have gone pro easy. VCL. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Nate, what do you got for us? Oh, I was just going to add on really quick. Fun fact, I actually went to a choir concert yesterday, just like a, a community choir concert of where I live at. Was it good? Um, it was all right. Um, <laughs> it was all right. He said. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, where I'm currently living, it's a, it's a much smaller town and it was actually an all women's chorus. So you didn't have oh. the, uh, I guess the male voices, which you watch a women choir, women's choir. It's a little bit different. Like you get that. the high, high vocals, the, them, some, pra- those, uh, sopranos and, and them mm. altos, right? Them altos. <laughs> but there, there was a song where they had, uh, like the, the, the second altos had to hold like this bass line and they actually did really good in that, but. Overall, it was like, I would say 50-50, you know, fun Christmas vibes, fun from music. You know, they, they knew their audience well, which was good. But they actually had this uh, brass quartet there that they Ooh, were I like uh, that. that. That was like a special guest. And they, they played some songs and they were they were really good. The brass quartet was and it just it hit you in the feels. So 
When you have those instruments in, man, that's when, yeah, that's when you get the feels, especially around Christmas time. Dang. I went to a tuba concert a couple of years ago. I brought Christmas. my tuba. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is that it? You guys know what that is? Yeah. It's, uh, that's it's uh, Arthur's really rocking music CD. Yeah, that's not even from an Arthur show. That's uh, from his, yeah, music CD. And they have a bunch of songs on there. Anyways. Anyways. That's fantastic. I, guess, <laughs> I guess I can uh, go now to answer the question. Really, I'm going to be honest. Look, I'm looking forward this holiday season to just being bored. You know, like you might be thinking, well, isn't it terrible to be bored? But fun fact, actually, the people, the more bored you are, the more creative you are because you have to do something to fill that boredom. <laughs> but mostly it's just, uh, I don't know, I've, I feel like I've been really busy these last couple of months of my life. And I'm just looking forward to, to sitting down and being like, I don't Chill. have to do anything at all. I can just sit, relax, you know, maybe I could take a nap. Maybe I can just, you know, eat a lot of food, but really I'm just looking forward to, to, to sitting and doing nothing while my, my brain and body recuperates. Very good. I think uh, many people can, uh, many people can, uh, what's, what's the word? Relate. There relate. we go. Relate to you, uh, Nate, especially around this, this crazy time. All right. Well, I guess that leaves me. And uh, this season, I'm actually looking forward to giving, giving some gifts. Um, uh, my, uh, getting some gifts, my perspective has been, Oh no, no, give, not receiving. Like I'm gi giving them <laughs> to, wait, what did you start? Are you, would you make a plan? Yeah, yeah, that's there, what I that I didn't. I'm like, wow. Okay. That's no, it's very unselfish. Yeah. My perspective has been chained or opened a little bit. Someone's like, oh yeah. When you give gifts, it's a greater anticipation because you know what the gift is. Right. So you're really excited. And then you give it to him. Whereas the person who's just like receiving the gift it's normally just i guess there's some anticipation if they know what they're going to get or hope hoping what they're going to get but i think there's a greater anticipation that can be felt when you're given the gifts so i'm really excited oh. to to give the gifts this year aren't aren't i the one who's on i'm giving a couple gifts to, to tj uh this year so um yeah I thought you might nice. bring that up, TJ. Well, also, now I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> also, poor TJ, he'd been he'd been quarantined. I feel like this past several these past uh, however many days you've been quarantined. I'm like TJ, you're like Ant Man in the second movie when he's on like house arrest, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. and he can't do anything, and I'm like, oh man, poor TJ is just like just like Paul Rudd, just chilling with his ankle bracelet, playing uh, the drums and. Yeah, <laughs> but, sorry. Uh, a little comic connection. That that's I, a good point. That's like the only movie I know where there's someone who's actually like like just know, sitting doing nothing. Somewhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's been escaped. me, folks. Anyways, but, there's a question for the yeah. for the week. I uh, I'm sorry that reminded me really quickly of Christian says it's he wasn't he's like not about receiving gifts but giving gifts. Uh, in one of my classes today, we watched uh, a clip from Doctor Horrible's Sing Along blog. If you're unfamiliar, oh, that's a great one. Ooh, yeah, I am unfamiliar. It's uh, it was during the writer strike of 2008. Joss Whedon uh, got a couple of bigger name actors together, Nathan Fillion, Neil Patrick Harris, and kind of made this uh, kind of short web series about uh, this, I guess, misunderstood evil supervillain. That it's 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 free. It's on YouTube. It's it's actually really really good. It's got Nathan I highly Fillion recommend. In it? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, I've been. <laughs> He's watching, really funny in I, it. <laughs> I already mentioned this before one of our previous episodes, but I've been watching Castle and I freaking love it. And so I'm, I'm on that Nathan Fillion vibe right now. So I'll have to check it out. Same. But uh, the, the point I was trying to make is, you know, he's, he runs a blog in the show. So he's reading a letter about, oh, like what happened to all this gold you stole? It wasn't in the papers. And then he was making a comeback and like, it turns out the gold was liquidized, but he's like, it's not about the money. It's not about uh, making money. It's about taking the money. 
And so <laughs> that's what I was uh, that's reminded what you of thought. by, by Christian. It's, saying, it's not about receiving gifts. the gifts. It's about oh, giving, giving the gifts. gifts. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mine's a little more positive. I positive <laughs> a little spin more holy. to that. All right. Well, we've, we've had a, enough tangents uh, uh, on my behalf with the question. I'll, Nate, you can take it away. <laughs> <laughs> we got to move on to revealing the quote from last week. And uh, I think judging by everyone's faces, I'll reveal the quote because I'm the, the only one that remembered. But I was thinking it's something Bill Murray or ghosts, but I don't know. Um, you're, you're a little bit off, but the quote from last week was from Stranger Things. Uh, oh, that's right. Dang it. It's uh, the character of Dustin. This is in season two uh, as him and... Uh, <sighs> You know? Lucas, yeah. Lucas, Lucas is <laughs> the other kid's good. name. Yeah, it's Lucas. He, she's, yeah, but, he's uh, talking with Lucas. Yeah, like, but oh, he does can't the, resist these pearls, and he does the with his, with his teeth because he has the the newfound teeth in his his mouth, which he didn't have. Season two, yeah, this is season two we're talking about. Dang, how could yeah. I forget? I'm a monster. You're a monster. <laughs> and as we know, the connections because Ghostbusters has to deal with, you know, supernatural kind of stuff. That's what they do with Stranger Things. And also Mike from Stranger Things was in Finn Ooh. Wolfhard or whatever and his name is. Double connection. Also, no, we're going triple connection. Oh, because triple. In, in that season two for Halloween, they dress up as the Ghostbusters. Oh, that's right. Oh, man, we got <laughs> You're it. right. Triple connection. We're on it. Oh, spot on. Whoever came up with that quote. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was me, actually, but uh, I, I hope it was me. <laughs> it wasn't me. I know that. Uh, Christian, give, you, give yourself 12% of the credit. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Yes, but uh, yeah, that last week's quote was from Stranger Things, but we got to move on to playing the quote from this week. Let's do it. Thanks, bud, for lunch! Uh, what do you got? Wood. What do you got? Wood. You want to trade? All right. That is the quote for this week. We'll play it once again at the end of the podcast and reveal it at the beginning of the next episode. We're going to move on, though, to diving into our news for this week. Starting us off, though, uh, it's been uh, announced by Disney that in 2022, they plan to spend $33 billion on content. Man, that's chump change. <laughs> I think their budget before... The previous week, not previous week, previous year was like $26 billion, so or, or something around there. I remember looking up the number. So, yeah, they're taking a, a, big, a big increase on that budget, but that just means more content for us. Hopefully solid content. Uh, more, more, let's give us some of this what-if content, you know, not some of yeah. the talking in Winter Soldier or, or ah, Loki was okay, I guess. But, like, yeah, give us some of the what-if content. Yeah, let's maybe maybe we could spend at least a billion of that just on Bad Batch to make it a good show. That would be <laughs> very nice. Ooh, TJ going with the roast of Bad Batch already. <laughs> That's the thing. It shouldn't be that more expensive to write a good story. Like, oh, goodness. And, and the voice Sorry. actors are all the same because it's only one guy. <laughs> yeah, so, so, it's true. Super come cheap. on now. Come on, Disney. Come on, Star mm. Wars. Oh, up except for I'm Omega. <laughs> um, Omega. Yeah, that's right. Two voice uh, actors. Yeah, I don't think we need to, to retread down this road again. So yeah, I'm just we won't. Gonna, we won't. We'll no, we don't. I'm sorry. We'll I'm sorry. It has come from Amy Pascal, who is uh, the head of Sony, that, you know, it's been a lot of speculation with Spider-Man No Way Home. It's like, oh, is Tom Holland hanging up the cape? Or I don't know what you hang up as Spider-Man because <laughs> he doesn't have a cape. Hanging up the hood the of Spider-Man. The onesie. 
<laughs> hanging up the onesie. That's what he's doing. Yeah, there's many a lot of speculations like, oh, is this going to be his last film, even though he has one more slated to do in the MCU? But Amy Pascal has come out and said that they have plans to do three more movies with Spider-Man, with Tom Holland starring. Obviously, they still have not uh, renegotiated their deal with Marvel because that deal has not been fulfilled yet. But No negotiations like, have taken place, one might say. It's true. <laughs> But it looks like Tom Holland is here to stay for the next little bit as Spider-Man. Yeah, we all knew he was trying to throw us off. Remember, we talked about it before. He's like, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do Spider-Man here in the future. You know, when I'm 30, if I'm after 30 doing Spider-Man. You know, we all knew that was a little bit of a, a, a bluff, right? And obviously, I mean, Pascal uh, kind of confirmed that for us. And there's also, remember, the confirmation, or I guess not confirmation, more so the rumor uh, this a Sinister Six film specifically with Sony. So we still have that to look forward to as well. Can I just really quickly point out that quote that Christian just made? Oh, the <laughs> negotiations? That was Star Wars Episode One: Phantom yeah. Menace. Super good. <laughs> yeah, our, our Star Wars listeners probably, if you're a big Star Wars nerd, you were probably familiar with that. So yeah, good on you. But thank uh, you yeah, for pointing well, that out. Very well call. placed. If you don't know the quote, usually it's probably from a Star Wars movie, if we're <laughs> <Yeah>. being honest. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, yeah. Bet on any any movie that we're quoting. It's probably from one of the Star Wars. If, I would say our, if you're going to bet on it, you should bet on me. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! I knew that, I knew that was coming. Yeah. Oh, that's High School Musical. That was that's a good one. High School Musical two, mm-hmm. right? Am I right, Zach? Yep, yep, that yep, that's right. There? That's okay. right. Anyways, we're we're gonna move on, which is kind of related news. We got some news about some movies that are confirmed to be in the works. So. Amy Pascal also came out and said that Venom 3 is also in the works. And so we're getting a, a third Venom film. And uh, this one, actually, this one could probably be a lot more interesting than the last one because, uh, I guess, spoiler alert for uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Or just check it. Check out our episode on Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage. But uh, Venom is now in the MCU. You know, he is uh, transformed over. And so I guess if we get a third Venom film, that's kind of in the MCU. Yeah, so it's, it's got to be better than the second one. I was hoping this is where we're going to kind of put in the the sound, uh, the, the track, the boo track, right? When we announce Venom 3, boo, right? We want to boo it because <laughs> Venom 2 was so poor. But it, yeah, I guess Venom 3's got to be better than Venom 2. So something to look forward to. Venom yeah. could even appear in No Way Home. Yeah, there's rumors. You never know. Yeah. But along with that, it's also been announced from Marvel that Shang-Chi 2 is also in the works. Wait, you changed your name from Sean to Shang? <laughs> no, 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 no. Shang. Uh, Shang. Uh, yeah, obviously that is a quote from Shang-Chi. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see about this one. I mean, I know they're going to include Shang-Chi in the Avengers and they're going to be doing some more, yeah, just doing some more stuff there. Not super stoked for a second one just because, you know, didn't love the, the first movie, honestly. And, you know, check out our episode that we talked about, the Shang-Chi just... I just didn't quite do it for, for myself. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of see there uh, for the second movie and see how it plays. Hopefully, as buddy, again, uh, it's mostly the story for, for us, I feel like. So, if yeah, we can get some of that. change of the story, for sure. Yeah. So, if we could get some sick, that sick action that we saw and some of those same characters, but just a much better plot, I'm, I'd be, I'm super stoked. It's going to be the just, same director. On, yes. But hopefully different story writers. Yeah, so right. I just, uh, if I were to give them any comments, I would say more martial arts, less dragons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, TJ sent out a great article, actually, about this last week to us. 
just kind of focusing on, uh, and I, I actually, I read the entire thing teach and that was a really good article, mm. just kind of focusing on, on Shang-Chi and maybe some of the, the things that they did well, that they didn't do well and where they could kind of go for the future. So, uh, I will, yeah, I won't get into the article too much, but basically voice what we thought on our, on our podcast. So. Exactly what we thought. It's nice to be verified by, by the media. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, not, not verified. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, what's Supported? the word here? Exonerated. Validated. 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 Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, another V word though. But yeah. Continuing forward though, we got a first look and I would say this is actually a trailer because it's two and a half minutes, not just uh, 30 seconds, but we got our, our first look at the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Vi- Spider-Verse titled Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. So yeah, yeah I mean, they're filming to uh, quote unquote filming or doing the uh, animation animation to part one and part two of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse at the same time. So we'll have technically a, a trilogy of the, you know, the Miles Morales Spider-Verse. I'm really excited for it. I, I'm, Me I mean, too. I, I remember watching um, Into the Spider-Verse for the first time and I'm like, this is, fr-, I'm like, this is freaking entertaining. It was just like pure entertainment. And I know people were raving about it and raving about it. And I'm like, uh, is it really, can it really be that good? So I was even a little bit skeptical going in. Uh, really enjoyed the movie. So excited for uh, part one and part two of Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it certainly blew my expectations away. Um, and then the trailer itself, uh, I don't know, maybe it was just me. The animation seemed different, like like funkier than it was in the original. Yeah. Maybe maybe well, it's just me. Well, let's see, um, here's, here's something I did notice. So first, there is, there's a, a passage of time between the first movie and this movie because both Miles and Gwen look significantly older. But the other thing, because obviously in the, in the first movie, Into the Spider-Verse, they have a bunch of different animation uh, like tips and tricks that make it stand out more. But you're, you're actually not wrong that the animation did look different because when they do universe hop, the animation change. does change styles. Ooh. So that's not okay. you being crazy. So that's part of it is when he goes into this different universe, the animation does change styles. So you're like, okay, that's why it looks a little bit different in that whole transition scene. So you are correct about that. I like that. I okay. like that attention to detail by, by Marvel. I will say they do a really good job uh, at little things like that, which is much appreciated by uh, comic fans like ourselves. But yeah, it looks like it's going to follow him kind of following the post credit scene of Into the Spider-Verse where it showed Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara voiced by uh, Oscar Isaac. And obviously he uh, appears in the trailer. So it looks like he's probably going to be a fundamental part of this film. Would love some crossovers here. Maybe a little Moon Knight versus uh, Spider-Man uh, <laughs> or Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man, right? Because they're the same character. Maybe a little uh, 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 Spider-Gwen uh, versus uh, Kate Bishop, right? Also the same character. Yeah. I would love to see some intermingling of the same characters, right? That would just or, kind of or blow the mind there. Different, sorry, uh, different same, on-screen characters, same actor. Same actor, excuse me. Yeah, thanks actress. for that correction. Yep, that would be cool. Yeah, and, and hopefully we can get another bop like we got with uh, Post Malone's Sunflower, man. I, I love that song. So. Oh, dang it, I wish. Did you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen this and everyone listening has probably seen all the Spotify music recounts the oh, past the ra- week. Wrapped Spotify wraps where it shows like, you all of your, your, your habits for the yeah. past year. I wish you could go back a couple of years and see that because like i remember when when sunflower came out for uh for spider-man crosses or into the spider-verse and i listened to it on repeat for like three weeks that probably is my most listened to song of all time but i don't have that data spotify <laughs> come on dang <laughs> anyway side ta- side tangent 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, hopefully Post Malone returns to write a single. But if it doesn't live up to Sunflower, his career is done. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Kick him out. <laughs> We're going to move on, though, to our last bit of news for this week, which is also substantially big news. It's been officially reported that Charlie Cox is set to return as Daredevil in the MCU. Very big news. Very big news. Everyone's, everyone's ra- raving about this. They're going, they're going nuts. And I mean, <clears throat> I personally haven't seen uh, Daredevil. I always meant to get around to it. Uh, and I've only heard good things. Um, the problem for me is I, they canceled it after three seasons. And I don't know, from what I understand, they didn't like fully wrap it up kind of thing, like because they thought they were going to go farther. And so it's really hard for me to start a TV show um, where you know there's going to be like cliffhangers that they never resolve. Oh, that's totally fair. For me, I've, I've seen some of it. Though I know it's uh, a lot more brutal of a show and I can't do uh, blood very well. Um, so that kind of limits me in some of my watching of, of Daredevil. Uh, but again, yeah, I know it's been, been highly praised. Uh, Charlie Cox as Daredevil uh, is, is still exciting just from, from things that I've uh, seen from it. So uh, the fan- and, uh, yeah, the fans got what they wanted there. The fans wanted it. They got it. And, you know, he could also appear in No Way Home. He could as well. <laughs> the, the real qu- here's, here's the real question we need to start asking about No Way Home, guys. Who isn't going to be in Ho- No Way Home? You know, Ooh, I've that's heard, what we need to start crossing off. I've heard rumors that uh, Tom Riddle, uh, not turning into Voldemort, is going to appear. Uh, he's going to take on Darth Sidious, uh, who didn't get lightning. Uh, who didn't lightning himself uh, in an alternate universe. So mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of... Basically, I just want to see that one... That one meme that shows like every uh, Joker like walk, walking down the steps and then everybody's dancing. You got like <laughs> Bully Maguire, you got Voldemort. It's just that, that that's Anakin what we need. Skywalker. For... Yep. <laughs> it's like uh it's like I'm I'm thinking of uh, when Smash Bros. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate came out, the tile the tagline is everybody is here. Yeah. That's what they should right. say to Spider Man No Way Home. Everyone's everybody here. is here. See, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping Kong returns and claims his throne as king. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for from Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> just, everybody just comes out with a mic with like completely random movie that they don't care about. It's like, oh man, I hope I hope we get Terminator back and this time he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I want Marty McFly back in it. I think he'd really, really add yeah. to <laughs> this, this is just right. There's the I think it's a Weird Al show. It's called a, or just a song. No, it's not actually Weird Al. It's the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. Yeah. Uh, basically just Eddie, everybody ever gets together and just dukes it out for the <laughs> ultimate uh, showdown and only one can win. Love it. Love to see mm-hmm. it. Yes. But yeah, jokes aside, Charlie Cox returning to the MCU. Big news for fans. Everybody's happy. But that wraps up our news for, for this week. Before we dive into our topic, we got to talk about uh, the Hawkeye show for this week. You know, last week, me and Christian only were able to see the first episode, so we only talked about episode one. But this week, we are talking about episodes two and three of Hawkeye, given our thoughts. TJ, I'll let you go first here. Yeah, I can do that. Um, uh, the second one I didn't like, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was very just kind of lackluster. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, I, I, I had a lot of issues with... Uh, um, Jeremy Renner actually like I just didn't like I just didn't like Hawkeye in this like he wasn't charming he wasn't he didn't seem conflicted he was just kind of like 
this grumpy old guy. That's what it felt like in the second episode. Uh, the third episode I, I really enjoyed, um, and I'm excited to see where, uh, where it goes. But that's just my preliminary thoughts. Yeah, maybe because I watched them back to back. I watched the second and the third episode. I didn't necessarily uh, dislike the the second episode like TJ uh, kind of was, was sharing. I, I thought I enjoyed both of them. But yeah, maybe just again because I watched them back to back. Excited to see where this is going. There's, you know, the hint of, uh, or we get to see, uh, obviously, Echo for the first time, right? And then there's In the hint of three. when Echo's a little girl of, you know, this man kind of grazing her cheek and, uh, and he's the supposed uncle or whatever, right? And there's, uh, you know, the speculation that that is going to be Kingpin, which I, I really hope mm-hmm. it is, um, mm-hmm. because Kingpin's one of my my favorite villains. Uh, we've talked about that I think before, and in, in several of our, our past episodes. So excited to see that. Very, I actually, I really like uh, Echo, and I love the sign language factor uh, a little bit, yeah. like mm-hmm. like Eternals. But I actually thought they did this way better obviously eternals has had a lot of other things going on so they didn't just focus on the silent language aspect but liked how they included that uh and then also you know you're, you got the hearing aid with jeremy renner be destroyed and there's the, the little bit that he knows so um you when you watch a, a film and you're like oh there's not going to be you know people talking and it's just you know hand motions or movement and um and then the subtitles people can be a little skeptical but uh, i thought it was great and excited to see uh, where it goes love the big arrow uh, crashing into the, the back <laughs> of the truck, mm-hmm. um, yeah. enjoying the back and forth, uh, between Kate Bishop and, and, um, and Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop was a little bit annoying at points. Cause I'm like, stop doing that. You're just, what are you, what are yeah. you doing now? Right. But I, I see the charm in it as well. So, um, I'm actually really excited. I've been happy with these first three episodes and I hope they continue the same way, even though we're only getting six total. So. Yeah, I was I was going to say I did enjoy how uh, the whole present uh, in episode three, how they presented Echo and kind of her character and backstory. I felt obviously she's getting her own spinoff series. And so I think this is a good first introduction. But like also you guys, I enjoyed yeah how they use sign language in it. And I felt like gave a different perspective that totally. I think you, you don't always see in cinema. Yeah, I was also going to say uh, the all the trick arrows in episode three were fun. fun. You're just like. <laughs> Yeah, Hawkeye has all these crazy arrows, and you're like, why does he have them? But I don't know. I feel like that's something from his uh, character from the comics that is, uh, you know, it's it's fun to to mess around with. It'd be like, he's got to have at least, like, I'm waiting for him to pull the, the boxing glove arrow and then shoot that at somebody. <laughs> I was thinking, the pur- remember the purple goo arrow that he shot at the car? Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes all over the windshield. Do you guys remember from the pacifier when they throw the poopy diaper uh, out the window <laughs> into the back of his car, and then they do the windshield wipers across the car? Uh, uh, the windshield—that—that's what I thought when I saw the purple goo arrow. Oh, that's uh, but just sorry, I had to I had to bring that kind of random <laughs> a little tidbit up. But also like the really like they're going with you know the swordsman uh, Jack Duchesne, very sleazy, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and he does a really good job uh, at that so uh, oh that, yeah you just um, look at him and you're just like you knew he was bad from the beginning yeah <laughs> he's here's, the, here's the thing though i don't think he's the real bad guy so i know so he's he, not i think actually no. the mom is but uh, yes I, so, yeah that's that's what i think too so um well so first off uh i just have to say the actor that is playing jack i don't know why i just look at him and i think of pedro pascal like that's i, yes. I feel like oh yeah it's oh. pedro pascal i'm like no it's not pedro pascal and i don't know why i have that in it's my interesting head. it's because they both have a lot of a lot of hair um, or at least the jack Duchesne. so the, and the mustache his actor is, is tony dalton yeah but it's it's the mustache 
right? There's only so, I feel like so few actors nowadays that really uh, rock the, the, the mustache, so. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I don't think Swordsman is the, the true enemy. So I've been seeing some theories go around. And so actually, and I'll also say this, so off the back of the second episode, I decided to read the comic book series, which uh, this Hawkeye series is kind of based on. It's, uh, it's actually nice because it's like a standalone series that you don't really need to know anything else. You can just hop in and read it. It's only 22 issues, issues long. So the Hawkeye Matt Fraction series. Uh, and I'd heard really good things about it. So I expected it'd be really good. Not as good as everyone said, though. Uh, you know, I had some hmm. nice ideas. And like you can see some of those ideas incorporated. But it's 50-50. But that's just the comic book series. But anyways... With uh, Jack, I've seen some theories that like, you know, Hawkeye did take up the Ronin mantle during mm-hmm. those five years, but could he have really gotten to everywhere around um, to kill everyone? Because, you know, we see him kill Echo's father in this part of the, the tracksuit track suit mafia. What if, but there's been speculation oh. that he, what if he wasn't the, 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 the first Ronin? Ronin. Yeah, the yeah. Ronin? What if he was the second Ronin? So some speculation that the swordsman is the first Ronin, and that could also kind of play yeah. into the comics because, um, interesting, you know, in the comics, Swordsman was kind of the mentor to Hawkeye when he was a kid. Obviously, different backstory, but you know, we have that theory going around, so I could see that happening and why Jack really wants to get all of the, the Ronin aspects because he was originally Ronin. Oh, and I don't but, know, actually, I'm still on the, I'm still on the train that, uh, he still did train Clint like when they were, you know, way younger kind of thing. Um, and so then, but like something happened and, you know, he thought they were dead or something like that. So this is going to be like the first time they've met each other in since decades. Mm, but, okay. but that's an interesting but, theory about him being the first Ronin. And, and so b- because he's not the real bad guy, that actually makes the mom the bad guy, Kate Bishop's mom, because in the, the, the Fraction comics, uh, one of the early story arcs is... Hawkeye has to go steal a video from uh, this, like, there's this, uh, I guess, big auction for all these bad guys. So there's Kingpin, there's, like, Hydra, there's AIM, and uh, Madam Mask, that they're trying to buy this videotape of Hawkeye murdering some sort of political figure. So Hawkeye has to go with Kate Bishop to retrieve that video so they don't get it and then reveal it to the public. And so, uh, you know, Madame Mask is included in these regular comics and also through, later throughout the storyline, she and Kate Bishop actually have a lot more tussles in, the, in this ah. comic series. Mm. And so I can see uh, Kate Bishop's mom being mm. Madame Mask. Yeah. And, you know, we get in that first episode, it's like, uh, what's his name? Armand threatens her. She's like, mm-hmm. I know you haven't made your business legitimately. And so he kind of threatens her. Then he ends up dead. And so I could see... Yeah. I could see the mom being Madame Mask and then kind of trying to pin it on the swordsman or the swordsman is working for her. So yeah. I, I think the swordsman's just a pawn in this. That, that's my take on it. I like that take a lot. And it really just adds a lot of intrigue to Hawkeye overall, right? Because now you're getting, you're getting the swordsman, you're getting a potential Madame Mask. You already have Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. And then in these next episodes, we're, well, and, and Echo, excuse me. And then now we're going to get uh, Yelena uh, Black Widow's right, sister, right? And she's going to try and kill Hawkeye because she thinks he killed her, which, I mean, kind of, killed, right? <laughs> Black Widow, Widow, yeah. He killed Black Widow. Excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on. And, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping they're going to be able to to make it all work within the six episodes or there'll probably be some cliffhangers and whatnot, but excited to see what they do. Right, because I think that's, again, this is this seems to be Marvel's thing with the miniseries is 
we need to explore these stories that we just brushed over so so quickly. And it's yeah. true for Hawkeye, like Black Widow's death, Natasha's death, and him going killing or going around and killing people for five years. That's gonna leave some marks on you. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's fine. That's, that's true. I, you, you do no, have some more experience here than I do. Yes, you're <laughs> right. Kidding. You're right. I do. I do. Hey, I'm, not one, I'm not playing uh, the Shadow of Mordor. What, yeah, that's that, true. But, uh, <laughs> Great game. So maybe I don't. Um, but maybe I, I, I have to take that game up and gain that Ronin experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I think I think one of the things I'm realizing more and more about these miniseries, though, is like. Maybe you're not really supposed to watch it episode by episode. You know, it, I don't feel like that each, you know how in regular TV shows, each episode has the, you know, the story's arc of yes, something happens, yes. climax, everything. But you don't really get that here. It's kind of like you have like big intro episode, then kind of just chill episode, story, then super story. action episode, and then like chill. So I, I think it is supposed to be watched in a more movie format. And that's not I bad. I just think, I think Marvel needs to kind of, uh, change that a little bit to to keep people more engaged yeah mm -hmm. i mean i see the the enticement of releasing weekly because it keeps you relevant for a longer period of time right mm -hmm. um, but i do understand what you're saying tj with hey it, it's more really a, a watch all at once it's kind of like a netflix releasing a stranger things all at once and you binge right. watch it right and it just flows a little bit more so i totally get what you're saying I do have to say, though, even though not much happened in episode two, I, I did really enjoy the whole uh, LARPing scene where Hawkeye just goes in <laughs> and then kind of just wrecks everyone. Oh, really? And then he's like, yeah, he's like, and he's like, guys, like, you got to let me kill me. But I just found it really funny how intense everyone made it. And Hawkeye's just like, what is even going on here? See, he's I, like, I've actually was, killed people. Yeah, if I was Hawkeye, I'd be like, I'm not dealing with this crap. Give me what I need and I'll be out of here. But maybe he's become, you know, he's in his older age. He's kind of mellowed out a little bit more. He's a little more grumpy grandpa, like TJ was kind of mentioning. And so maybe he's, yeah, mellowed out. I yeah, that was actually yeah, that one was, of the that parts. Was, that was humorous. I didn't like that part as much because it just felt so weird. I'm kind of like... It was, it was like, a little weird, but... I'm like, this isn't really like helping his character learn anything. Um, it, it just, and it's not moving the story at all. It just seemed like they're like, shoot, we have an extra 10 minutes. Um, and we know the Kennedy <laughs> brothers always get ticked about too short of episodes. Uh, Let's make him have more time at the, the fair. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. I'm like, he didn't learn anything from it. It wasn't like he was like, oh, hey, people like me or something like that. He was just like, okay. Hey, what, if it, what if it comes back? It might come full circle and the guy that he uh, let him kill like helps out somehow at the very end and writes maybe yeah. some little tidbit. I don't know. We'll see what they do. Yeah, maybe the LARPers yeah. all come in with real swords and just start like stabbing <laughs> the tracks. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Actually, uh, the character named uh, Grills is his name in the in the yeah, show. Grills. Actually, that is actually one of the names of the characters in the comic series who I will not spoil ah, what happens oh. to. See, Nate has a little more insight now that he's uh, he's read the comic, so... TJ and I are, are in the dark. That's okay, though. He I'll, also I'll, he also has his own TV show of him versus the wild. Oh, you mean Bear Grylls? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah, we forgot about him. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I would say overall, episode two, not great. Episode three, pretty good episode. Pretty fun. You know, it adds a little more intrigue to the story and, you know, adds more intrigue to the, the series as a whole. And it's Christmas. I'm enjoying the Christmas vibe, not going to lie. It's fun. The purple and the, the purple is that growing on you? The purple's grown on me. I'm kind of like, yeah, it's a little cheesy, but it, it's working for me. So, Kate Bishop's I, I purple, know. yeah, just because remember, there's no, that whole yeah, purple vibe I think with the works. poster, and, 
And obviously, Hawkeye doesn't got his quote unquote uh, purple suit quite yet, but you know, it, it, all, See, all in due time. The purple See, plays, I, Dad. See, <laughs> I say oh, that's oh, that's well, nice. What is that? That's, what that, is was that? A, that was a good quote right there, TJ. Uh, what, that's, what's, that's Ocean's it, thirteen, but he's talking about his nose, not not the color. Like the nose plays, oh. Dad. It's Matt Damon. Oh, I th- I thought you said purple planes, and I'm like. What on earth oh. is that? Oh, the nose. Okay, yes. Ocean's 13. Yeah, that, Ooh, that was nice. well done, TJ. But see, I'm a fan of give Hawkeye, or just in com- costumes in general, give characters the comic accurate, but costumes, just make them look a little better than they, they do in the comics. So not spandex, but give them their original costumes, dang it. And so I would love to see Hawkeye suit up in a, an actual Hawkeye costume instead of just this weird spy thing that he has going on. They did it with Captain America, right? Everyone looked, thought it'd be like a little too cheesy. Right, the bright blue, and I mean, they did a bright blue suit at first, but then they made it a little bit darker, and it, and it worked. So, but those are our thoughts on episodes two and three of Hot Guy. We're gonna continue to talk about each episode as they come out each week. But that wraps up this segment. It's time to move on to our topic for the main week, and uh, I don't. Know, I guess we're gonna do something in the holiday season, but then last minute, are like we're changing it up, but it still works out because Book of Boba Fett comes out at the end of uh, December. And so this week we're looking at uh, a comic book. We're looking at a Star Wars comic book. And this is the comic book titled Django Fett Open Seasons, originally released kind of right before Attack of the Clones. Dark Horse comic, right? We mentioned the other week that Dark Horse Publishing will be doing Star Wars comics here in the future. And this was one of the old school Dark Horse comics, um, if I am recalling correctly. Yeah, it is. Um, And... Uh, a fun, a fun comic. This is kind of one of our. We could say this is one of our lost episodes or or vault episodes. We actually did a recording on this previously, uh, way back at the very beginning of of the origination of this podcast uh, show, or, or not a show, but this <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> um, but we never we never released it. Uh, so now we're we're kind of revisiting uh, this comic and going to chat about it, and it works with a. Works with the timeline because, yeah, like Nate said, Boba Fett's coming out at the end of the month. Starting us off, though, does one of us want to give, like, I guess an overview of the story that happens in this comic? Um, Yeah, I'll try. Oh, I was going to say, we we should give it to Nate this time because I know I did it last week and TJ the week before. And I remember I tried to give a summary of this the first time and I did not (laughs) do a good job, so... Okay, I'll, I'll take a stab at it then. So basically, this comic is, it's an origin story for Django Fett, but it's not just like opening on Django Fett. It kind of essentially tells the story of how Django Fett became, becomes the prime clone for all the cloning on Kamino. So it kind of follows, uh, it follows uh, Count Dooku as he learns the history of Django Fett and then offers him the deal of... Uh, becoming the prime clone for their cloning project. So basically uh, a prequel to what happens in Attack of the Clones or gives some more backstory from it. Actually, one of the lines in Attack of the Clones, um, Django says to uh, Obi-Wan is he says like, oh, like did uh, Master sifo uh tell you to make all these clones uh, speaking to Django? But Django's like, actually, I was hired by a man named Tyrannus on the moons of Bogdan. And this is basically the, the whole story of what happens on the moons of Bogdan while showing the backstory of Jango Fett along the way. And really, he's just a man trying to make his way in the universe is, is what I got from <laughs> just this. Just a simple right? man. <laughs> uh, 
sorry, that obviously isn't Attack of the Clones <laughs> quote. <laughs> you were like, what? What does that have to do with anything? But yeah, and on, honestly, as far as I understand, I because um, our original, we have like one of the original comics, like paperback, and it's just normal looking. Online, it now has legends on it. Like if you read it, you know, like it's a Star Wars Legends thing. Uh, but I, I'm reading it, and I'm like, man, there's no reason this needs to be legends or that we need to retcon this like i think this is a super good backstory for Django fett and it also sets up a lot of things in the future because this is um uh we're introduced well not introduced maybe a coming earlier uh but the death watch uh is kind of the main villain yeah, here as Nate yeah. was mentioning and the death watch is really big in the clone wars and um uh, obviously leads into the mandalorian and i'm sure the book of boba fett um and so there, there's a lot of really cool elements of this that that i think even though Disney has changed uh, uh, the the timeline, um, the the sacred timeline, one might one might say, uh, <laughs> uh, it's still good. Um, and, and so I think this one doesn't need to be retconned. No, it totally could be considered canon, right? Because it starts off, Jango's a kid, right? And there's basically the the war between the Mandalorians and the Death Watch. Ultimately, Jango's family is killed, and the Mandalorians the good Mandalorians, obviously not the Death Watch, bring on Jango. He becomes part of them. He becomes one of their top leaders. His kind of mentor is a guy named Jaster, right? And uh, Jaster, he eventually, or he gets killed by, uh, he gets killed by the Death Watch. And then Jango kind of goes on uh, in the story, uh, basically uh, avenges this death by killing the leader of, of Death Watch, who is, yeah, who is Vizsla. Um, in there, it also kind of shows uh, a little bit of the battle be uh, battle between Jedi and Mandalorians where Jango kills several of the Jedi in his kind of first interaction with Count Dooku. But just kind of showing that backstory of, oh, wow, he's this kind of orphan kid. He, you know, joins the Mandalorians, uh, a little bit similar, obviously, to uh, the Mandalorian, the show with... Um, Din Djarin. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's kind of that, that foundling. Uh, but then ultimately, yeah, leads up to him accepting an offer to become the the prime clone and then having his own unaltered clone. Uh, just kind of going Which, through that story, you really learn more about him. You see that kind of the the action and the the drama that Django has to go through. Um, and it also shows how much of like a, a bad A he kind of is, right? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Django, he's all right. But like, at least in this Legends comic, which really could be a canon comic, like Django is the deadliest bounty hunter in the galaxy. Right. And that's why he was really chosen to, to be the prime clone, because you, you get to see through multiple people like, yes, he is one of the best fighters in the galaxy, which is very quickly summed up over in uh, Attack of the Clones. But I, I do want to start off with this. Yeah, kind of with I guess it kind of relates to the Mandalorian, but kind of talking about there's the, there was this division in the Mandalorians. And so on the one side, you have Death Watch, which is led by Vizsla in the sense of Death Watch is like believe that they should rule over mm -hmm. everything. And they want to be basically control over everything, which is what uh, I guess the, the this Vizsla, which is different from the, the pre Vizsla in yeah. Clone Wars, which most people are probably familiar with. They want to take over everything. But then on the other side, you have the, the true Mandalorians, which is with Jaster and the, the group that Django joins is they're just mercenaries. Obviously, they have the iconic armor of what you expect the Mandalorian to have. But the, the true Mandalorians in this comic are more of their mercenaries or, or here or, yeah heroes for hire, unquote. And so there is a kind of that distinction of versus the, the ex-Mandalorians who just want to rule the galaxy versus the Mandalorians who just want to make money and live, you know? And that's what's interesting about it, because in reality, at least in my definition, 
the true Mandalorians are the ones who are trying to take over the galaxy. Um, so, but the Death Watch so are Vizsla. definitely... Yeah, Vizsla, yeah, Vizsla, technically. TJ's on Team Vizsla over here. TJ's Team Death Watch, everyone be aware of that. I do think I do think they are bad, though, which which is unfortunate. And, like, the real Mandalorians in the Old Republic, definitely bad guys. But super cool. And so, to Nate's point, though, I think what's really cool about this is, like, you're really rooting for Jango throughout it all. Like, you don't think of him as kind of the bad guy that he quote is in attack of the clones and really he does he's not really much of a bad guy in attack of the clones either and he gets wrecked so easily by mace windu that it's super cool to see uh one of the biggest scenes um or important scenes in this in this comic arc is uh jango taking on like 10 jedi barehanded and and beating them um which was just super cool and also it kind of roots his kind of hatred for the Jedi, right? At the end of the comic, it focuses on, or there's that question that Count Dooku has to him saying, hey, will you like, will you do this? And if you do so, like, it'll basically be the destruction of the Jedi. And Jed and Jango's like, yeah, like, I want to do it because of that, right? Because he has right. that hatred of the Jedi. His kind of last clan or whatever that he was, he was with this Mandalorian clan was basically uh, destroyed by, by the Jedi. So he kind of has that that hate and animosity uh, towards them. But yeah, you definitely, as was mentioned, you're definitely rooting for Django here. Uh, his unfortunate circumstance when, you know, his parents are killed and then uh, you have the, the team TJ team death watch trying to, <laughs> uh, trying to kill him. Right. But you're rooting for him the, the, the entire time. And it's, uh, it's cool to see all the different action sequences. Uh, and and the kind of just kind of the story kind of breaks it, it breaks it down into four seasons. They, they call mm-hmm. it Django Fed open seasons uh, for a reason. We go through fall, winter, spring, and summer. Um, well, not in that order. Starts with summer and then ends with spring. But yeah, it's overall, I think it's very much almost kind of a, a revenge story almost because you know, yes. his parents get murdered by Vizsla and he kills the guy that technically killed his family, but then Vizsla's still out there. But then after he, he joins the Mandalorians, he loses like his secondary father figure with Jaster killed by Vizsla. Then he takes over the Mandalorians and wants to, to kill Vizsla again. But that's when the Jedi get called in. And he basically, this whole faction of true Mandalorians get wiped out by the Jedi. So they're, they're gone, technically. He's kind of the, the last of the, the quote-unquote true Mandalorians. But then after he, he breaks out of prison, he goes and then kills Vizsla. And so it's kind of this revenge story, but you're able to see the highs and lows of Jango. And that really makes him a lot more interesting as a character. But also at the same time, you get to see all of the things that really made him super talented as a fighter and why he's so good at all these different things. And I think that's some of the charm of it. We talk about this, how, you know, we do love we do love Jedi and we love lightsaber fights. But there is a lot of charm to this kind of simple man making his way through the galaxy (laughs) just with a blaster. Um, And so that's what's really cool about it is you get these cool fight scenes and and you see why Django is the best because he is super clever. Like he doesn't just. He doesn't just shoot you in the face. He also dodges. He has a cool plan. He's able to like, er, in the terms of Vizsla, that he is able to like let like these lion creatures do his dirty work to finish him off, but survive himself kind of thing. So it's a lot of really cool things that um, sometimes you don't get when someone's just like force, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the bounty hunter focus, right? Uh, mm. And that's what I think, well, at least Disney's, that, that's what they've done obviously with Mandalorian. They've kind of, gone away from some of the Jedi and the Skywalker saga and all that. And they're now focused on 
this bounty hunter, right? Obviously, that's kind of, I feel like, a similar vibe with Django Fit Open Seasons. It's the story uh, looking at a, bounter, a bounty hunter's uh, point of view. And I've, I really enjoyed those stories because you're still in the Star Wars universe. There's always encounters with the Jedi. You're always going to uh, have a, a pretty action-packed or multiple action-packed sequences throughout. Um, I would have loved to see uh, like a Dirge versus Jango Fett duel, right? Do you guys remember? Was this in the was this in the comics where Dirge is like, oh, like you're lucky that like I was like asleep or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was when he, he, Count Duke was searching for like the well, best man, the best it, bounty hunter. Because mm-hmm, he fought one of the like the the top troopers, yeah. yeah, one of the arc troopers, and he's like, I heard about your predecessor, and he's like, if I was alive, Duke would have chose me, not him. But yes, that's what you're referring yes. to also in yep. another legend Star Wars comic. One of the questions that I, I kind of want to phrase to you guys is who would win in a fight between Boba and Django? Pitting them off 1v1. They don't really know each other. I'm, who wins? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing Django all the way. Um, Boba is a bounty hunter, but I feel like uh, Django is a bounty hunter and a soldier. Um, so Boba Fett is much more, uh, Din esque whereas like Django Fett is more leaning towards like the clones. I feel like, cause he's been in more real battles. He's been a mercenary. Gotcha. He's not just a bounty hunter. And yeah, I would say kind of along the lines of that, uh, they, they do have different styles. Boba, Boba, I feel is a lot more of a heavy hitter. He doesn't really have, I feel like the speed and mobility that Django has. And you know, that can work in a, a lot of scenarios, but I think overall, you know, it's like, would you take uh it's like you, you have a, a heavy hitter like uh, like someone that's really heavy but he's kind of slower so you can take a lot more hits but he can't move as fast versus uh, a smaller guy that's uh you can't you can't take as many hits but he can just dodge you for days until the big guys eventually just fallen over and down because it's, it's kind of like fox versus ganondorf would you say that star fox versus ganondorf <laughs> for our, our super smash guys out there uh, well um, maybe more fox yeah. versus falcon Bowser, Falco. Yeah. Oh, Falco. I would say okay. F- Fox versus Falcon. Yeah, but I would also choose Django Fett because I just yeah, along with his more experience, I just feel like Django Fett. Uh, yeah, he's he's just overall a little bit better, you know. Yeah. I, wow, we're we're all in agreement here. I feel like yeah. a lot of people would say Boba, um, and Boba's real is a fan favorite probably just because you know the OG from the original Star Wars. But I, I would actually, I would side with with Django as well. Like TJ mentioned, he's the soldier. I think he's really got kind of the the grit. Robbie, uh, he's seen a lot of hard times, a lot of brutal times in the war. I mean, obviously, Boba saw some hard stuff too. I mean, his dad was decapitated, and then he just became a bounty hunter and had to like survive it as a kid on his own with some other bounty hunters. So yeah, he's obviously seen some hard times. He had to escape a sarlacc pit and whatnot, lived in Tatooine, <laughs> brutal desert. So I'm not saying like Boba doesn't have it tough uh, either. But yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you guys that that Django he's just a li- little more flashy, has a little more of the that the technical skills, and and he's gonna gonna win out in a in a Boba versus uh, Django duel. I will say this in the the uh, original Battlefront Two video game, I think Boba is better than Django to play as as the hero. I think uh, got, he's, some, he's got a better he's got a better gun. He's, got a better he's gun. flying is a lot more controlled. He's got the wrist rockets. He, he's just Watch as a those character. wrist rockets. <laughs> <laughs> bias. We have some biased creators over there at Battlefront giving Boba the 
the the edge probably because they're from an older generation and they like boba that's probably why i i will say this uh one of the things about the the comic that i really do appreciate or, or that i like again this is a legends thing is how much uh while they're exploring jango fett they're also exploring count dooku you know like you kind of get mm-hmm. to see count dooku and a little bit of why he's evil a little bit of why he left the jedi and why he's against it and so you get this really cool uh dynamic where you know, Django's, uh, quote, the good guy of the story, but he, you know, ultimately sides with this bad guy because both of them really, truly believe in the corruptness of the Jedi. And so it, it's just uh, what Legends gives us. Don't get me wrong. I love what Clone Wars gives us, both in, both in uh, uh, stories, but also the emphasis on the clones. But I love le- what the, the politics or, or the main, the heavy hitters of the Legends comics, like we see in Open Seasons, uh, that is really missing from this current Star Wars universe. I can hear that too with those other stories, you know, with characters in like uh, Quinlan Voss and uh, I guess RS thing a little bit, but uh, Quinlan Voss and um, Massage Ventress, right? You have those, those types of stories. You delve more into, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan, which they do in the Clone Wars as well. But yeah, Clone Wars is more focused on the, clo- the clones themselves and, and the, the wars, obviously why they call it the clone wars and it's focused on that. Right. <laughs> but some of those other side characters and, and the Jedi, really those stories count Dooku. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of content in the legends comics uh, that you can, that you can gain in it. And it's just, yeah, fun and different type of storytelling. So I, I would hope that they could somehow bring that uh, to the overall uh, canon uh, at some point or, or another, maybe not for a little while. Cause we want to go away from obviously the Skywalker saga into some other things, but maybe bring it back in, in years to come. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Do kind of want to talk about the action in this comic because it is looking back and reading this cause I haven't read it for a little while. It's actually a really, really simple comic. And there's actually not even that much dialogue looking back. I'm like, oh, this is like, you could read it and maybe like the whole thing, four issues in like 20 minutes because it's, it's pretty simple. But I think uh, talking about just like the action and visuals, I think the action in this is really, really good and really, really phenomenal. Right. And that's, that's what I think is the, especially the action between, um, between the, the two groups of Mandalorians, I think is the most entertaining, like very kind of guerrilla warfare, like uh, get your right shot, put your guy in the right position. Um, my biggest qualm with it which was actually the, the fight with the Jedi. Um, like they don't really show, um, they don't show much very about, well. Yeah. They don't show very well how he's able to take all of them down. Like they show him punch a couple guys and then they show like a bunch of bodies in the snow kind of thing. And to me, I'm like, you know, you got to be a little more, you got to be a little more clear about how Jenga was able to overcome these people who were wielding these like laser swords and have this, uh, like telekinesis ability, like how did, how, how did he actually end up doing it? I thought it was kind of cool when Count Dooku is interacting with uh, Jango Fett. No, they don't necessarily have uh, like a hand-to-hand combat thing, but at one point Jango Fett poisons Count Dooku, right? And it's something he poisons him with that he is immune to basically. And, and Jango's like, well, you're going to be dead in 40 minutes here. So Tell me what I need to know, right? And then obviously it goes and it talks about the story. But I thought that was kind of a, a cool little piece uh, that they added to the story with the the slight poison, right? But obviously then Count Dooku is like, well, actually I used Force Seal. Ooh, Force Seal. Uh, it's actually what? used in, in the comics. Um, uh, 
besides uh, when Ray does it to the worm um, and <laughs> others. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he obviously heals him, heals himself. He's like, well, I haven't had to use Force Shield in a long time, but I'm, I'm okay now. Um, but I, I just kind of thought that was cool because, again, it just showed another element to Django Fett and what he always is, is bringing to the table and really just kind of a, a test that Count Dooku was doing the entire time to really uh, flush out to say, hey, this this guy is the perfect guy for the job. So not necessarily like an action sequence per se, but I, uh, a little kind of subtle uh, subtle part between Dooku and, and Django uh, that I enjoyed. Yeah, no, it, it goes to show more to add to adds to the character of Django and shows not only is he a good fighter, he's also really resourceful. Exactly. And it is smart. And so it's just another sequence that kind of also adds to the stakes a little bit. Because, you know, uh, Dooku was one of the Jedi there that basically killed all of his men mm-hmm. right in front of him. I do have to say, I do enjoy the fight between him and Vizsla at the end because it's also very brutal. Because we haven't really talked about Vizsla that much, but I would say he's, he's very different from the Vizsla that we get in the Clone Wars. He's very bloodthirsty, very evil. I think he even says he, he, he's going to murder some kids later on. So he's, he's, he's very, <laughs> yeah, he, he's very deranged in this comic and kind and of hey, just let, very, let me just say one can be team death watch and not team Vizsla. Just so <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> but, but the fight at the end is very kind of, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not super bloody, but it's just a brutal fight and they kind of just, they're just wailing on each other forever until one of them finally gets eaten by a, a, a giant cat. Not, but, I wanted to say meerkats, but definitely not meerkats, yeah, uh, as we've dear. seen in, in, in Star Wars Rebels. But yeah, they're, he, they're dire cats. Yeah. So that was a, a very cool sequence. Yeah, it showed kind of the brutality of the Mandalorians, I think, and that the fight between uh, the two. And obviously, Django comes out, comes out on top. Um, and yeah, just a cool sequence to, to see. Oh, and what's fun about that one and, and all the action sequences is you get all of the Mandalorian technology. Like you get the flamethrowers, you get the the wraparound thing where Jango, you know, spins the out the wires that wraps around, and yeah. then it's the wrist rocket, and then it's a, and then it's a, a what is it, a jetpack, and and so you get all the the quintessential like Jango Fett and Mandalorian tropes, and both sides use it because both sides are Mandalorians, and so um, that was it, it, it's it's just fun. It, it's good. I, I like the homage and, and that kind of technology that they have. And just different from your normal kind of Star Wars fights where you're seeing blasters, lightsabers, which we love, by the way, some of our favorite stuff. But yeah, just a different aspect of it. And to see, uh, like Nate was saying, the resourcefulness and all the technology that you're, you're using or that they're using uh, is just a fun Star Wars element that you don't always get to see. All right. Um, I have one more thought, but after that, do we want to dive into ratings? Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. To the, the final thought I have before we go into ratings, it's actually, I think it's just hilarious. So when uh, Count Dugu arrives on uh, Bogdan, uh, the emperor is there. He's like, oh, I hadn't been aware that you'd left Coruscant. He's like, oh, I had to show up to check on your progress. So he starts to tell him a little bit of the backstory. He's like, I just got back from Concord Dawn where that's where Django's parents died. And the emperor says a line. He's like, oh, good. The most dangerous men are always orphans. <laughs> Which I just thought was really, really bad and stupid, but it's just kind of funny. <laughs> Wait, why, why do you think yeah. it was bad? I, I liked it. I just think it's funny because he's just like, ah, the best people are orphans. I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why he chooses Anakin, you know, because Anakin becomes an orphan. <laughs> he does. I mean, I guess an older orphan when, I mean, his, yeah, his he's, a, he's a bit older. Yeah. But, uh, 
I don't know. I, I just thought it was just kind of cringy and funny. No, okay. you always you always can get a little bit of that in these type of comics, but it, you know, with the art that they're doing, it works. So, but uh, ratings, uh, Christian, you want to go first? Yeah. So I won't steal TJ's this time. I was like, oh yeah, I'll do it at ten. No, I got to remember. I'm Sicko stars out of five. Uh, yeah. So for me, it'll probably be like a a three nine. Uh, I really like it. A uh, very fun read. Yeah, it was a, a quick one, which I think is good. Sometimes the longer comics can get or comics can get really drawn out, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, it can get be a little little tiresome." I think, uh, but this one, yeah, a quicker read, not so much dialogue, but enough to keep you engaged. And obviously, the action sequences are very solid, and it's an intriguing subject too, right? It's Django Fett and his his origin, and I like the way that they did it, where it's really like Count Dooku kind of interviewing these people and, and talking about the the things that he's found out through his research of Django Fett. So a very enjoyable comic, uh, not too long, fun action sequences, uh, overall very solid. So a, a three, nine stars for me. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight out of 10. Um, so again, same things as Christian. Uh, nice that it's quick. Great, great action. I, I really, I liked the, what is it? The, 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 the painting and the drawing, the artistry as well. Like it wasn't like it was, you could tell it was a comic, but it wasn't like, so kind of like, sketch isk it was like realistic enough that was that was fun um i i, I think my biggest qualms with it were again the the jedi sequence uh how you how you the the fight sequence not being very uh uh descriptive or or developed but then the other thing that kind of bugs me is there's this like kind of bad second in command guy uh who ends up getting jaster killed um who, Montross, I think. Montross, yeah. Who Django ends up like saying, "Hey, get out of here! Like, you're not gonna, you're not fit to lead the Mandalorians." Yeah. Um, and so, but then he never makes a reappearance. Like, I thought he was gonna come back in at, at some point and be a villain or something. So, but so just a little bit of a cliffhangers uh, and disappointment with those things. But but still, overall, super, really entertaining, really really entertaining. And I could see them wanting to do like a like a. Uh, Django Fett, a Star Wars story kind of movie <laughs> off of it. For me, I'm going to give it a, a need to read. Um, oh, wow. Honestly. That's really yeah, high. Yeah, when I was giving this a read through again, I'm like, I'm really enjoying this. Like TJ and Christian said, it's not very long. It's a, you can knock it out super quick. And overall, I think it's just a very solid story. It tells the origin of Django through, I think, a creative way. Uh, hints at the history of Mandalore in ways that up to this point hadn't been really uh, explored yet. You know, it had, I think, a, a good villain in Vizsla because he was so evil that you wanted him to die. Yes, I think there are some problems with the Jedi battle. And obviously, there's more to explore. But overall, I really enjoyed reading this. It's a fun, quick read. Gives you more into the character and kind of helps clarify some of those points from episode two. And the big thing is, I always want to say, if the, the Book of Boba Fett was as good as this, then I think I'd be really satisfied with the, the Book of Boba Fett yeah, when it comes out. Definitely. And so I think there's a lot of good things to draw on from this comic, and the way it adds into the Star Wars universe is really, really good. And so I would love for them to, to pull more bits and pieces from this history that is now Legends. But yeah, those are our thoughts on Django Fett Open Seasons. And before we close out the podcast, we got to play the quote one more time. Take five for lunch! Uh, what do you got? Wood. What do you got? Wood. You want to trade? All right. That is the quote once again. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all you listeners out there. If you want a chance to get a shout out on our podcast, you can do that by following us on 
uh, social media on, at, at quotes and stuff pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you DM us guessing the quote correctly before we reveal it, we will give you a shout out. If you want to reach out to the show, you can also do that through email. Uh, that's at quotes and stuff pod at gmail.com. Send us suggestions, your thoughts on any of the things that we discuss here on the podcast. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Adios.